0: You're listening to the Art of Parenting podcast. I'm your host, Jeanne-Marie Penel. Welcome and thank you for joining me. I created this podcast along with everything I do at yourparentingmentor.com to support and inspire you to be the best parent you can be. I know for a fact and from experience that parenting was never meant to be done alone. From conception to preschool, My mission is to give you the tools, strategies, and knowledge to embrace and elevate your parenting experience. I'm dedicated to supporting, inspiring, and guiding you to nurture your child's immense potential with as much joy and ease as humanly possible. Make sure to take time to check out all of the resources I have gathered for you in the show notes, as well as on my website, yourparentingmentor.com. And be sure to get on my email list so you do not miss a single episode and other products and events I curate specifically for you. And please do not hesitate to reach out if you have any questions, concerns, or feedback. A warm welcome to you and thanks for tuning in. Hey there, Jeanne-Marie Penel, your host of The Art of Parenting. Just wanted to do an update on this interview that you are about to listen. My guest and I had this conversation back in June of 2023 before the unrest in the Middle East, and she was calling in from Lebanon, which is in the Middle East, uh, bordered with Syria and Israel, and has decided to move temporarily uh, to keep her family safe. And so I just wanted to share that with you before you listen to this interview, because back in June, we had no idea what was going, what was about to happen. And so we seem pretty nonchalant about you know, speaking from Lebanon and San Diego. Uh, I will also be doing an Instagram live later today if you want to join me on Instagram at Jeanne Marie Penel, uh, where I will catch up with her and see what she has been up to as she keeps uh, herself and her family safe. All righty, enjoy the interview. Hello, and welcome back to The Art of Parenting. This is your host, Jeanne Marie Penel. And today I have Kyla. Titian, which I hope I pronounced correctly. Uh, Kyla and I met first online, but then we actually were able to meet in person uh, not too long ago. And it was a great connection. And today I'm just so thrilled to have Kyla on who is actually calling in from Lebanon. So San Diego, Lebanon, here we are. Thank you, Kyla, for making the time to be here today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, I know we've been talking about this for a while, and you were traveling, and then settling into your new home and all this. So I'm glad that we were finally able to to find the time to to have this conversation.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad that this worked out. It's a neat transition, but uh, yeah, now we're we're ready to go.
0: That's good. That's good. All right. So as as you know, I always like to start with asking my guest what their Definition of the art of parenting is?
1: Yeah, I love this question. For me, the art of parenting began when my first child was born. Um, you know, after those hours of birth um, and Finally holding my baby, my I literally felt like my brain chemistry had changed. I felt like a different person, and I just totally leaned into that and embraced that. And my whole world became about this precious child, but as my child grew, I realized that I had to learn how to look inward and not just outward to the needs of my child, and so part of this I think is what we typically think of as self-care as a new mom, you know, I remember like trying to figure out how to just brush my teeth and take a shower. But um, you know, then I think it it you know, and then it can become like getting alone time and doing things that we enjoy. But I think a big part of it for me has been working through my past and my wounds and my triggers and I love how one of the key aspects of Montessori is the prepared adults because I think it's so easy, easy to you know neglect ourselves for the sake of our child and neglect our needs for the sake of our child's needs when in reality we, it's actually essential that we look inward and we do address our own needs and that we care for ourselves For our own sakes, but also, you know, sometimes that's not enough motivation. And so realizing that I needed to actually be the person that I wanted my child to become was a huge shift. And I actually needed to work on myself and look inward for the sake of my child was, you know, a pretty big insight for me. And I think it's just so beautiful how our children can actually be our inspiration for becoming better versions of ourselves.
0: Definitely. That that is beautiful. And and you know, I love when you say looking inwards too, because to me that's also sometimes where we can be mindful not to repeat maybe some of the things that you know, like you said, were were wounded. You, we we don't want to repeat that, and 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 we can only do that if we take the time to heal ourselves and look inward and such. Well, beautiful, the beautiful definition. And I'd love if before we get um, started in on conversation, if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about yourself and and the work you're you're doing uh, today.
1: Yes, yeah, so. I've been in education for several years doing various things. Um, In 2014, I moved to the Middle East to volunteer with an NGO. And then in 2018, my husband and I began managing an education project in the Bacaw Valley in Lebanon. And so we helped launch two informal schools for Syrian refugee children who are living in temporary camp settlements. Um, And these schools continue to provide kindergarten through seventh grade education for about 350 students a year. And then as well, professional development for Syrian and Lebanese educators. And so that was what we spent four years on. um, And in that process, we had babies and which was also an adventure um, and last year, we decided to just go back to the U.S., be near family, um, and that was such a gift. We hadn't lived near family since having kids, and so it was, it was just so nice to live close uh, to family and see our girls, um, you know, play with cousins and be around grandparents. And then last year is also when I really started focusing on sharing parenting tools through social media. And, you know, in that, in that whole process as well, I just saw how many resources there are in the U.S. or available in the U.S., how many, you know, resources for parents. I mean, I still think there could always be more, but in it, I just saw the gap you know here in Lebanon I've heard from a lot of people that they just don't feel like they have that support in that community and they don't feel like they have the tools to you know make the changes that they want to make um do something different than you know their parents so i started you know just with getting this vision for coming back to Lebanon and really working towards making Montessori and respectful parenting resources more accessible in Lebanon. So, 2 months ago, we moved back here. Um we retransitioned our our family back to to Lebanon. We moved to a new city. Um so that that's been an adjustment there. But it's it's been such a great transition. We are really feeling just so settled and excited for what, um, yeah, for what's next. And I have started working with Montessori for Lebanon, which is the AMI affiliate organization here. And there's the people involved are just very beautiful people. I'm so grateful to um, be working alongside them. And so we're planning several things this summer. We're really wanting to build the Montessori community here and also spread awareness um, and then really give some practical parenting tools and resources um, and resources that are free, that are available to anyone Um, a lot of times. uh, Yeah, anything labeled Montessori uh, here is often really unaccessible and is, you know, uh, available to, you know, expat communities. Um, so really wanting to make things accessible to, to Lebanese. Um, so we're going to be hosting some, some free parenting discussions um, it, this summer. And then uh, we're also working on launching a model school and an AMI training center in the next couple of years, which is also really exciting.
0: Oh, very exciting. Very exciting. Well, I hope I I, I hope I can come visit because I've Lebanon has actually been on my bucket list for a long time. I have lots of dear friends that are Lebanese. I actually have a sister in law that's Lebanese. So mm. one of these days I'll come see you. But uh that's very exciting. And and I just I have to say, I admire your dedication to, to humanity and to children in general. Like the work that you're doing with the NGO, working with refugee children and so forth is just, you know, such beautiful work and, and like I say, service to to humanity. So thank you for that. And and uh, one, one thing I, I would like to know a little bit more is how did you come about, you know, Montessori and, and kind of discovered that way of wanting to parent?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You know what, I think I came across it like a lot of parents, maybe first come across it. And that's, you know, on social media, seeing beautiful Montessori shelfies and thinking that looks like a really nice way to decorate my home. And then um, through that, you know, just started exploring more resources and getting more um, more tools. And uh, I actually, a couple years ago, took uh, AMI's Assistant certificate course through Montessori for Lebanon, um, and that was really neat to dive into some of the pedagogy and um, and yeah, I think really you know once you hear these principles, they just make sense. I think exactly. We weren't raised that way. I think it's it's almost. Like a light bulb goes off, and it 's like this is what it 's supposed to be like,
0: yeah, so true, so true it's a, to me it 's very when you read and and learn more about it. it just feels so intuitive, and it's like, oh yeah, sure, that makes total sense, right and it 's like why did we why did we veer away from like a natural, you know, process for so long. And and I think, you know, we have to thank Dr. Montessori for for just, you know, shedding a light on on what was possible in how we raise our children. So exactly. beautiful. Uh, one thing that you mentioned when you were defining the art of parenting, you mentioned this term, the prepared adult. And Just uh, for, you know, listeners who might not know what this term means, would you mind uh, giving what your personal definition is?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's doing the work on ourselves to be the person um, that our child needs us to be. And I think, you know, another popular term in Montessori is The absorbent mind, and obviously, Maria Montessori had a lot to say about that period from birth to six. And so, I think it was really uh, important for me to realize that my children are absorbing me Mm -hmm. and my behaviors, my attitudes, my beliefs, even the ones that I think are subtle um, or that I, you know, am pushing, you know, have pushed down you know, beliefs about my body image, about gender roles, about race, they're absorbing how I handle my anxiety, and my relationship to technology, my relationship with my spouse, just to name a few things that I've, you know, been working on. So, you know, I think it's, it, it is so key that we, we spend that time preparing ourselves And, you know, therapy has been a huge resource for healing and growing uh, for me and a better version of myself.
0: Beautiful, yeah. So, uh, for for those listening in Montessori, we say the spiritual preparation of the adult, which is this real kind of uh, metamorphosis we go through, which is what Kyla is describing of of being really self aware of what we are modeling and how we are interacting with those around us and so forth. Because, like, even in the classroom. Uh, you know, I, I was working with children about two and a half to six. It's not only your interaction with the children that matters, but it's the interaction that you have with the other adults that come in and out of your classroom or your assistant and such, because they're watching. They're they're like, you know, like Kyla says, they're absorbing everything. And we need to be very self-aware. And then the other aspect for me is just this understanding that children are truly divine little beings and that there is this, uh, utmost respect that we need to have in their development and, um, in their growth. So, yeah, beautiful.
1: Like you say, like you're saying, we really need to do the work to learn about, you know, The child and how Mm
0: -hmm.
1: how they develop, how they learn. Uh, There's a lot that we can miss, and it's not to you know put pressure on ourselves, but but yeah, it is so important to to really learn about the child.
0: Yeah, and just just you know what you mentioned about the absorbent mind. That is something that you know Montessori coined. There's actually a book of hers called The Absorbent Mind, but it's. This this idea that you know the and we and we use this term a lot of you know they're they're they sponge, but if we know also ahead of time that that absorbent mind has like two different sides to it, where the first three years it's an unconscious absorbent mind, right, and that afterwards it becomes more conscious, and they're they're conscious of what they want to learn. I think it would take a lot of angst off of parents if they knew that their child is just like, they're just being driven by this life force. Like there's not much we can do as opposed to, you know, trying to get them to do things before three. And, and I think it would take so much pressure off of us if, if we knew that ahead of time. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Yeah. So um, one thing, you know, that I, I really like about the, the, life that you are leading, but more the life that you're sharing with your, your daughters is this idea of world schooling, right? They've, they've, um, and as you mentioned, they were both born in Lebanon, I'm assuming.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: And then you know, and then you've traveled with them, and you're really raising them, being bicultural or, or multicultural. And then, are you also raising them to be uh, bilingual? Are you speaking English, and then they're learning Arabic there? Or
1: yeah, that's we we definitely place a very high view on on Arabic, the, you know, our, the host language here. And we, my husband and I personally have been studying Arabic for several years. Um, and so we, you know, we do a lot of songs and things with, with the girls. We, one of our priorities has been to find a program, you know, a school, a school, preschool for our girls that has a good Arabic program, which is been surprisingly difficult to find but we have found one so um, our hope really is that they would be you know immersed in Arabic um, and and really pick you know learn Arabic from native speakers um, but yeah it's very important to us I think we I didn't realize how important it was to me uh, that my that we raised our children overseas until last year when we were in the U S for a year. And I, I, I just realized how I realized what a gift a big world view is. What a gift that we could, that we had the ability to give to our children um, by, you know, one living internationally and then also um, traveling and talking about other cultures, other countries, other traditions, and things like that.
0: Yeah, that is beautiful. And, and, and for me, when you were saying that, it's like, but for them, it, it is their culture, right? That is their culture of, of this navigating from different countries and, and different languages and different ways of doing things that that's what is in their DNA already, which is pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, it is. It's really beautiful. Even, you know, in the States last year, you know, there was this Juniper just, she knew that, she knows that she's American. She knows that we're American, but there's just this pride that she was born in Lebanon and at her school, there was uh, a Festival of Nations Day where everyone represented the country that they were um, or that they're from and she was so excited to wear a, a Lebanese dress and carry the Lebanese flag and just represent Lebanon like that it just has such a special place in in her heart and in our family and yeah it's just really neat.
0: that's beautiful that's beautiful and and I, I'm intrigued like when you say that your time in the U.S. made you realize how important it is for you to be raising your children to have this this worldview awareness. Are, are there like maybe certain situations or aha that you had that that kind of solidified that for
1: you? You know, I think I think it was the little the little things we were based in an area last year they did have some international you know presence but there there just seemed to be a lot of unawareness or not not really an understanding um of other perspectives and other you know traditions and things like that and kind of not a um yeah, maybe a lack of understanding for people that have, you know, other points of views. And so I think, I think that was maybe part of it, just realizing, like, it's, it's just so important to us that, um, that our children are able to, to empathize, to see, you know, see what someone's going through, you know, walk in someone else's shoes. And, you know, I think this really is, how we solve a lot of the problems that we're seeing right now with so many people just so polarized and unable to like see another perspective. I think, you know, we really need to realize that there are other ways of doing things. There are other worldviews that are just as valid so, I think,
0: yeah. Yes, yes. No, I, and, and I asked just out of curiosity because I was raised like your daughters, right? I, I was raised by an American mother who went abroad, uh, had me abroad in North Africa, and then we came back to the States and then always back and forth. And And I have a hard time sometimes saying I'm you know french or i'm american or all this i just feel like i'm a citizen of the of the world and and have traveled a lot and traveled a lot as a child and it's true we you just end up having a very different view of of what's going on in the world as opposed to what sometimes I will say can be pretty ecocentric in this country and and, and in the way that we teach our children to think about their country and so forth. So,
1: you know, American centric. Yes. And it, and you know, I can't really blame people. A lot of people haven't been outside the US to see the beautiful, wonderful, amazing lives that people are living in these other wonderful places. But uh, yeah, we do need to make decisions not just based on, you know, what's good for America, but what's good for all people.
0: Yes, yes. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Um, So Kyla, I'm just going to change the topic just a tad bit because, um, Recently you were sharing on your uh Instagram feed about looking for uh, a school for your daughters and and you just mentioned that you found a good uh Arabic program for them. And and I'd love if you could share with with the families listening to us like what was your process in in finding a good place for, you know, that you're going to leave your children uh, in the care of others for a few days. Because I know I get this question a lot from parents of, you know, how to choose a good Montessori school or choose a, just a good school in general. And I know I have a few kind of, I have a checklist of things that I look out for if we're really truly looking for an authentic Montessori. But sometimes I'm, I'm just, a it's more about just the the comfort that you have of leaving your children in the care of others and and i'd love for you to kind of share with us a little bit about what your priorities were and and how you went about that
1: yeah no i totally agree it and it's interesting because there are actually three montessori programs here um in beirut and we chose not to go with any of them not, okay. that they're not all wonderful there were different reasons that we chose not to go with them but we actually did choose a program that you know they say they're Montessori inspired and they do have some of the materials but um yeah we did we had a list of priorities that we went in with and 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 that was really what led our conversations as we visited and talked to several different programs. So, you know, some of those things were that there was an Arabic program. That was a, a pretty high priority on our list, um, that it was a good Arabic program, preferably that it was all in Arabic with, you know, some English, which was, yeah, was pretty hard to find. We also didn't want just a school that was for expats. We wanted Lebanese classmates. And so, you know, that narrowed the, the, the pool a little bit as well. Um, and we did want child-led, though, but I was open to it not being strictly Montessori. Um, we wanted an outdoor space. Which one of the Montessori programs that I really loved. It was actually just a bit too far from our house as well, but it didn't have an outdoor space. And so that was one of the things that was important for us is that our kids would be would have time outside every day. But another big one was the the child protection policies. It yeah, there were some programs that I was really hopeful for that just did not have those things in place and just you know it it's I think it's big it's a big thing to leave your child in someone else's care when it's in your home culture that you you understand and you you know know how to navigate and it's it's even a whole nother level when you know you know you're missing things you know that you don't know what's going on um not necessarily in a bad way but you just you're a foreigner and you are you miss lots of things and you don't necessarily know how things operate and so you know to leave your child in in someone's care is is a big thing and so you know things like how the The program, the school saw consent um, you know consent in in physical affection, um in discipline, and those kinds of things um and then also like specific practices or even just an awareness of you know the need for child safety measures um from sexual abuse in particular. And that could be, you know, I mean, it can happen anywhere, it can happen, you know, by anyone, whether it's, you know, it can even things like that can happen from other children. And so just an awareness is one of the things I was looking for, that this, you know, needs to be something that the school is thinking about. I had one Director, Tell me that kind of thing doesn't happen in Lebanon. And so that was, you know, that was my cue to,
0: that was a red, flag.
1: <laughs> a red flag. But you know, the program that we landed on, it, it is an awesome program. And they definitely have considered those things. And there are cameras in every classroom in the building. Um, big windows. No child is, you know, alone with another child or with an adult. Um, uh, and you know, other things that we talked about were bathroom policies and and procedures and how, you know, how they handled those. So privacy was a big, uh, a big thing. Um, so yeah, there was a lot to consider. And um I'm so grateful I actually didn't think that we would choose the place that we ended up choosing, but um it ended up checking you know every almost every box so I'm really grateful.
0: Wonderful. Th- thank you for sharing that because I know that you know parents wonder about all these things and 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 I think there there are a few elements to take into consideration, and to me, it's more about you know, what is your like gut feeling and, and your intuition telling you about, is this, is my th- is child going to thrive in this environment? And, and is my child going to be safe in this environment? I think is, is really so important.
1: Yeah. And even, you know, aside from the, you know, sexual abuse prevention, um, aspects even feel safe emotionally, you know, are they I really feel honored and respected and um, yeah, that was definitely a really important to us too. That the style of, of teaching, of caregiving was, you know, kind of that gentle parenting approach or respectful parenting, respectful caregiving that there, you know, isn't yelling that there isn't, you know, shaming and those kinds of things. So yeah, there's a lot to consider.
0: Definitely, definitely. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, And and as we we wrap up this conversation, um, I always like to kind of circle back to kind of your personal. So I, I think you kind of mentioned this a little bit when you were defining the art of parenting. But uh, and, and you say you have two children, what is the age of the eldest?
1: She's four and a half. And then my other daughter is two and a half.
0: Okay, so if you were to go back, uh, let's say five and a half years ago, when you were expecting your first child, what wise words would you tell yourself knowing all that you know today?
1: That's such a good one. Yeah, I think I think I would really tell myself to start digging into the process of healing and kind of looking back on my own past. And, you know, it's not easy work to, to do, but it's so important. I think I would, yeah, I would really um, just encourage myself to, to press in and to lean into those uncomfortable spaces, but also like take the pressure off of, you know, doing things perfectly or trying to have it all figured out. You know, there is a lot of great preparation that we can do. um, But sometimes I think we can think that we need to, be the perfect parent or have it all figured out and wow there's just so much that we don't know until we hold that baby in our arms you know one thing that was kind of funny because um, I was you know fully in in these schools in these refugee camps and just going really hard before having my first child and i um, really invested in these education programs and someone asked me so what do you think what do you think things will look like when you have a baby um you know what do you think your role is going to look like your responsibilities and I I my response was something like oh I'm just going to Put my baby in a baby carrier and do it all. Like do all the things that I, you know, that I that I'm doing now, and that is just that was just not uh, practical at all. <laughs> like one, like the ability to do those things is just not it, it wasn't there. But then also my desires changed. My yeah, what I wanted changed I actually decided shortly after having my first baby that I was actually going to leave my responsibilities because um because I wanted to focus on my child and you know carting her around in refugee camps was you know there we could do that sometimes but <laughs> that just wasn't uh that just wasn't practical for an everyday thing so Anyways, I think just realizing that yeah, you don't know what you don't know and that there's time to to learn and just pressing into those moments of learning.
0: Right. And and also, I mean from what I'm hearing also is it's it's also going to depend on the child that you have, right? Because some children might let you Function that way, and others will definitely not, and and so it's really leaning into who who you're gifted um, as well. So so beautiful. Oh, this has been delightful, Kyla. A- any any parting words that you would like to leave our listeners with today?
1: Yeah, I think you know my encouragement would just be kind of circling back to the world schooling aspect of things. You know, you don't have to move all the way to another country um or you know or spend tons of money traveling the world. I mean, that's that's great. I think traveling is super important, but have those conversations in your home about other cultures and other countries and um you know just those those opportunities to appreciate people and cultures that are different i think that's so important and what's cool is you know obviously the us i know in in san diego where i'm originally from there's so many multicultural events and um and i have been invited and engaged in in many of them and they were really sweet sweet learning experiences just appreciating other um other cultures and other traditions so you can do that with your child and I think that that will only benefit them so I think that's that's my encouragement is to um you know introduce those things even if you feel like your child is young and won't get it they they are absorbing everything. They're picking up everything and just starting those conversations, even if they feel like maybe it's a bit over their heads, like they are, they are listening.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Well, thank you so much. And, and thank you for sharing your, your experience and, and just your, your beautiful vision of the world. Thank you, Kyla.
1: Thank you so much.
0: I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Art of Parenting podcast. And if you did, please share it with your loved ones and make sure to leave a review so it can get heard by many more. And remember, if you've got a question, let me know. I'm here for you. Till next time.